It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon. Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome into the Nuts. I'm Mike Palm, and he's Amal Shaw. Well, Amal, NBA playoffs in full swing, NHL playoffs, first-round series winding down. But let's start with some news out of the Major League Baseball world today. Noah Syndergaard shut down for another six weeks for the Mets. Yeah, it's going to be big news here. They're going to miss him, and obviously not having Thor in that pitching rotation impacts this team's ability to really make sure they seal up the deal on this uh, division. But it's going to be a challenge. They should be able to get through it. He still has elbow inflammation, and that's going to keep him on the shelf for another six weeks. I think they might miss his bat more than they miss his arm. I mean, <laughs> this team is anemic. You've talked about it over and over again about the, the lack of runs. They've had to rely on pitching, but so far they've been able to claw their way to a small lead in the division. Yeah, they really have. And you know, I'll tell you what, it's nice when you've got DeGrom every fifth day just throwing, giving up a one spot only. You've got a great chance to be able to win. So uh, it, it, to me, it's a situation where this team, if they can just hold it together, get that offense eventually going, they've got a great chance. I think what compounds the Syndergaard news is the fact that DeGrom has been on the shelf, came off the shelf this week. But we really don't know about his health. Is he going to be able to go the whole way through the rest of the season? We haven't really seen him with that many issues before. No, we haven't. And uh, let's see what he can do once he comes back. That's the one concern I have. You know, this is a guy who's so durable. He takes the ball every fifth day. He's been doing a tremendous job for them. Can he continue to do that? But your guy, you Darvish, is still going to be alive in that Cy Young race. He's really pitched well for the pods. But DeGrom's still the front runner in the clubhouse. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to have Josh Towers on the show in about 45 minutes. He'll be in studio. I want to talk about what happened yesterday with Joe West, Mike Schilt, and the um, sunscreen on the hat with Giovanni Gallegos and them co- confiscating the hat. And then Schilt's comments post game about what the real cheating in baseball is. And this wasn't the place or the format to pick on something that really isn't. We'll have Josh Towers, former Major League pitcher and World Series champion with the Yankees, comment on that. But from one Norwegian in Syndergaard to another, I know you were watching, I was watching, many of our fans who bet soccer were watching the Europa final yesterday in Poland, an incredible game between Man U and Villarreal. Man U already qualified for champions virtue of finishing second in the uh, Premier League. Villarreal has not. They needed to win the match to qualify for Champions League. Amal, 120 minutes of play, only three shots on goal, and they went 1-1 to the penalty kicks, and that's where it really got interesting. I have never seen this before. 
All 10 position players, if you want to say it, on both teams made their penalty kicks. So it was 10-10, and then the goalies had to take the 11th kick. The goalie for Villarreal buries it upper right corner. I mean, all their guys were going top shelf. It was amazing. This was so sexy, the way these kicks under pressure were executed. And then David uh, De Gea, the goalie for uh, Man U, comes up and bunts one (laughs) that ends the match and gives the Spaniards uh, the crown. I have never seen a side take better PKs in my life. I always, When I think of some critical missed PKs, mm-hmm. Roberto Baggio comes to mind, 94 World Cup. I mean, the Italian star just absolutely kicks a field goal at Giants Stadium. Uh, to me, when you look at some of these uh, kicks, it was just unbelievable back and forth. And I will tell you one thing, Mike. I believe there's an advantage in going first. I know that there's pressure on the kick, kick taker every time, but Villarreal, they step up every time. Manchester United, now you've got to respond. And the performance we saw out of both sides was really impressive. Look, I get De Gea is not a penalty kick taker, but it came down to that. And give uh, Villarreal credit. They go 11 for 11, Man U goes 10 for 11, and they win the Europa League championship. Now, I think there's going to be a lot of second guessing, or has been already, of the coach of Man U, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, right? One, he didn't make a substitution until the 100th minute of this match, 10 minutes into the extra time to try to break the tie. And he never took Rashford out. He was clearly injured Rashford. He should have probably taken Rashford out at halftime. He left him in for the whole 120 minutes. And then, let's talk about De Gea. De Gea had allowed 25 straight penalty kicks to be converted. Now 36 straight with the 11. The other goaltender had stopped seven of the last 19. People were calling. They were tweeting out, you have to change goalies now before the PKs. I I agree with you. I thought they should have made a change Mm -hmm. there. They chose not to do that, and obviously it hurt them in terms of how this one uh, played out, but you got to live with the results, and I think he decided to go with a world-class keeper. David De Gea is not the same keeper he once was for the Spanish national team and the success we've seen with them, but uh, look, if you're Manchester United, I thought they had some opportunities during the regular t- run of play to win this one in the 70th and 80th minute. Edison Cavani, he actually had a header that was well defended by Villarreal. I thought he was going to make it 2-1 at that point in time. So, But again, give Villarreal credit, and it's a team from La Liga once again hoisting a trophy. Yeah, four years since Man U has hoisted the trophy back with Mourinho, Europa, four years your, ago. Your favorite manager. Yes, welcome back to the Nuts. This is Mike Palm. He's Amal Shaw. We were talking about our favorite Norwegians. <laughs> Let's transition now, uh, Amal. Um, Derek and I made the announcement of the circuit contest. I compared it this morning to when LeBron James and Jim Gray, he made his decision to go to South Beach. I mean, the, the, the world in somber stillness waited for weeks to find out what the rule changes would be for our two con- I know you as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can't wait. Please let me know. What is the new changes? You've been telling me about this. You know, it's funny. Mike and I work together every day. We are in a group text with our producer, Jacob Roach. Mike never once told me what the changes were. I've been asking him for the last two weeks. I will say one thing. At least we know you can keep a secret. Well, we didn't want it to get out. Uh, even Would you, it, Who did you think I was going to tell? Um, I don't know, but it's just there, there was a whole philosophy behind it. We wanted to keep it tight-lipped. Even we didn't tell Mitch or Paul or Matt Humans. I sent the notes to the producer um, Matt, so that he could make a graphic to put up about what's new this year. But yeah, it, it, what, it, what it are was, you telling him for? They, they weren't in the top uh, top fifty <laughs> finishers anyway. Good point. All right, let's start with the circa million uh, three. So we started out the first year. We had a one point five million dollar guarantee. We got there with the late rush. Last year we did a three million dollar guarantee. Mm-hmm. It didn't look good. I never thought we'd get really over two thousand. We started getting five hundred per week the last few weeks of August, and we ended up with a little over thirty three hundred. Who said? in 2020 that the contest here at Circa would supersede the Westgate. You did. All you, all you experts said it wouldn't happen. I rest my case. So $3 million last year. So what do we come back with this year? A $4 million guarantee. This, of course, is the contest where you pick five games each week in the NFL against the point spread. Um, what's new this year? What's new is that we've added in the quarters – a quarterly booby prize. We had a yearly booby prize for the worst record all year. We added a quarterly booby prize um, this year. Now we have 18 weeks, so the quarters are going to split up four weeks, five weeks, four weeks, five weeks. We're still paying a million to first place. We're still paying $250,000 out each quarter. Um, $150,000 for the best score, $50,000 second, $25,000 third, and of course if there's ties, you split up the money, and then $25,000 per quarter for the worst score. What we did with the extra million is we, we divided it between second place and down to 50th. So what we did was we really flattened the pay scale. I'll give you an example. Tenth place this past year paid 14000 
This year, I'll pay seventy thousand, right? Wow, Which I think is that's better. Amazing to award the people the year long that did well over the course of the whole year. It's a thousand dollars per entry. Contesting can get up to three entries. So, if there if there's more than four thousand of them all, we split that extra money amongst the first place in each quarter. And again, with this or with Survivor, there's no rake taken out. It's a hundred percent payback. First of all, look as a fan of this, this is phenomenal. It's gonna be great. But I'm gonna tell you who this is really gonna negatively impact. All the people in the timeshare market. Because it's going to go up to be able to, for Westgate to be able to chase this thing down now. <laughs> and by the way, what are they going to do with all those free entries? Uh, let's move on to the Survivor. Uh, now, this is probably the, the most impactful. We started it last year. We guaranteed a million, so we needed 1,000 entries. We got 1,390. And then we said there'd be a million-dollar bonus if anybody went 18-0. and 0. That was the 17 weeks of the year. Plus, we made Thanksgiving, those three games, its own week. Survivor, a different format in that you pick one winner no point spread. The team must win, but you can only use them once during the year. Um, thirteen hundred ninety entries, eighteen uh, eighteen and 0, 35 people did it. So the prize pool went to two point three nine million, and it was split thirty five ways, sixty odd thousand dollars for those folks that made it. What's the change this year? Well, the guarantee went way up. We speculated. We thought Survivor would explode. It was so popular last year. You got deep into it. Gil got deep into it. Um, there was a lot of talk. I think people that bought one entry last year and the maximum was five probably felt left out that they didn't buy more. Here's the change. We're going to guarantee $6 million them all. $6 million guarantee for survivors. So we need to get 6,000 entries, 1,000 well, still for the entry. That'll get there. You think so? Yeah. And you can get six entries this year. We increased it by one. Now, the million-dollar bonus still exists. You need to go 20 and 0. Well, how do you go 20 and 0? Here's the deal. There's 18 weeks now. The, the NFL regular season has 18 weeks. They extended it by a week because they're playing 17 games for each team. Thanksgiving, those three games are still its own week. And then Christmas Day, there are two games. And the Thursday night that precedes that become its own week. So there's two sets of three games that make up weeks. Now, also, if you go 20-0 and 0, to be eligible for the million-dollar bonus, on the final week of the season, week 18, you need to use either of last year's two Super Bowl teams, which would be the Buccaneers, who are hosting the Carolina Panthers uh, on that Sunday, or the Kansas City Chiefs, who are at the Denver Broncos on that Sunday. If you don't use them, that you know, you're still going to be part of the $6 million or $6 million plus based on the number of entries prize pool. For example, on the math on this, Amal, let's say 10 people go 20-0. and 0. Those 10 people would each get 600000 let's say if we had 6,000 entries or less. And two people were able to use the Chiefs or the Bucks out of it. They would split the extra million, five hundred thousand each, so they'd get one point one million. Your reaction? This is the first time you've heard about the changes. Oh, let's put it this way: I'm not rushing out to sign up for this contest. This is just brutal, man. So here's the problem, okay? You have now sat there and now limited me from thirty-two to thirty teams because I've got to keep Tampa or Kansas City in the back. You don't have to. I mean, that's in the eventuality that you're trying to qualify me, for the million-dollar bonus. That's fine. Have you ever met anybody that wants to pay more taxes? Uh, no. So I don't want to give up money. Mm-hmm. So that's the same thing here. I, I'm not interested in giving away a potential million dollars, so in essence, you've got to do that. Thanksgiving Day, I've got three games. Christmas Day, I've got two games. So I've got to keep those six teams on uh, Christmas, Thanksgiving Day, those four teams but on the Christmas Thursday Day. Thursday before Christmas is also part of that week. So oh. there's three each. Three on Thanksgiving, and then we group those two games on Christmas with the, the previous Thursday. Because if we didn't, then you could never use that Thursday, because if it was part of Sunday, it gets split, and you can't use that game, which would be unfair. So, uh, I'm sorry, clarify that for me again, mm-hmm. in terms of the Christmas. What are you saying? The Thursday night game before Christmas, uh-huh. on the 23rd, okay. is part of that Christmas week that we're calling it. And then okay. the Sunday, the next day, is, is its own week of its own. Okay, so, but in essence, there's you two, think, three sets. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. so you just added a game. Oh, thank you very much. Mighty generous of you guys there. Well, six million's pretty generous. I don't disagree, but I'm not saying it's not. But here's the problem you're altering the fundamentals of the contest. I mean, why don't you just tell me the 18 games you want me to pick and let me see if I can go 18 or no? Well, you're exaggerating now. Uh, fair enough, but at least I, I'm, I'm realistic if I say six games you're telling me to pick. It's I, added a challenge. It, it ha- I, I get it, it adds a challenge, but what it does is. The true nature of the contest is to be able to see if you can kind of basically design your schedule around a situation where you're going to use certain teams at a certain time based on certain things. Now, with this Thanksgiving game, when you look at the Thanksgiving games, we I think talk you have about, to save 12 teams. That's what I'm saying. That's a lot of teams. You're, and the, you're, games you're are, essence, the games are competitive. When you look at the games, the biggest point spread is probably going to be Dallas to the Raiders on Thanksgiving Day, and I think that's too high at 7. It's probably going to end up somewhere around 
five and a half or six. Uh, at least that's my speculation. So they're all competitive games. Here's the problem, though. I've got to save 12 out of 32 teams in essence. I'm giving up 38% of the contest. I mean, I'm limited to 62 teams. If you I mean, make your argument, you have teams. to save 14 because you're trying to qualify for the million-dollar yeah, bonus, right? Uh, let's <laughs> take out the Kansas City and Tampa. Okay. I mean, still you're at 12 out of 32. Mm-hmm. To have to give up 38 teams, 37.5% of the teams is a high number. That that, I mean, to me, imagine if in baseball I said to you, hey, you can only bet – uh, the teams from divisions X, Y, and Z, and you can't bet these particular teams. Just imagine if you took away the West Division. You couldn't bet the Padres or the Dodgers or anybody in the American League West. Might help me. I play less games. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the NBA, Amal. Uh, last night we saw um, the 76ers pretty easily handle the Wizards in that series. The first half. Yeah, absolutely. You made a good call there. They, yeah. they covered quickly. They were up uh, double digits in the end of the first quarter already and then really not in threat the rest of the game. You know, it... Listen, give Philadelphia credit. They came out and dominated this basketball game. Uh, a little bit of a concern with Russell Westbrook's injury. We'll see how severe that is going into the next matchup. But Philadelphia, the much better side in this team, and we saw it from start to finish. They put a complete game together. I expected that after that little bit of a lackluster performance in the first half of game number one. More importantly, though, Mike, the NBA playoffs, these are some great opportunities to really make some money. You look at situations. We talked about the same thing happened with Brooklyn two nights ago. I know the Clippers just absolutely crushed me. But other than that, you look at there's teams, you're going to see the opportunities to bounce back. The New York Knicks did it last night. You saw it with the Utah Jazz. They bounced back. They came out with a tremendous first half as well. So really opportunities in the postseason to figure it out and kind of do well. I thought there was an opportunity for you last night to try to get back some of or all of um, the Clipper money by hammering the Jazz on the money line last night. I would agree with you. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was a really good play. And uh, you know what's funny? I was thinking about that scene that score. I said, I don't know why I didn't do the same thing here. This was just a simple bet. Now, the money line skyrocketed from when we started the day. I think it was at like 380 or 390. Mm-hmm. Went to 550. And it wasn't a concern for me on the pricing on the money line. I just chose not to do it. Um, because maybe it's partially, I'm just not as much of a believer in that Utah team not that I'm a big believer in the Clippers. It was more of the belief of Kawhi Leonard and some of the talent that they have. There. Amal, as I was watching the first half of that game, I thought David Sternly must, Stern must have been looking proudly down from heaven. I mean, Utah was in the bonus less than six minutes into the game. Three of the Memphis Stars had three fouls in the first half, and two of their three best players had two early fouls, 25 free throws, first half for the Jazz. You know, people ask me all the time why I don't like the NBA. <laughs> this is the exact reason, because to me, the officiating is always shoddy in the postseason. I, it, you don't feel like it's genuinely above board. How does a team shoot 25 free throws? What did they change tactically that was not happening in the previous game? All of a sudden, was the other team reaching and grabbing and committing fouls that they previously were not? This is the only league where these types of questions consistently arise, and that's always been my problem with the NBA. I love basketball as much as anyone. You know how much I love college basketball. I love the NBA, but sometimes when you sit there and you have this kind of situation, 25 free throws. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, when we go to game three, they're not shooting 25 free throws on the road. No. And Memphis did make a run in the third quarter yeah. to get back in. It's interesting. At halftime, effectively, you could, have, uh, you could have gotten 20 and a half points with Memphis. And then at the end of the third quarter, um, it was down to nine and a half, right? So there was a big middle to be had there that did land. Yeah, absolutely. This is, uh, and that's one of the things you talked about, in-game opportunities. Knicks were trailing in that game, some great opportunities to make How'd some money. How would you feel at halftime? Now, we know that was your big play last yeah. night. You had the two New York teams, Islanders who came back and, yeah. and, then, and then really put the foot on the gas in the second period, and the Knicks who were down 13 at half. Did you have any misgivings about your play on the Knicks last night? Any thoughts that they weren't going to make a run in the second half? I'm going to say no, and it's not because I won the bet. It's because I just know how the NBA is. Now, let me tell you one thing. If I had Atlanta up 13, I'm not sitting there thinking I'm in the clubhouse and I've got this W. Just to me in the NBA, even when you've got a game, I remember, Mike, this year I had a Brooklyn Nets game against the Pacers. They were up by one point, I think, 33 in that game. Pacers made a run in that game, I think, to cut it to eight or something like that. In the NBA, if you're sitting there, unless you're trying to give yourself an ulcer, you just have to just take it for what it is. There, It is a game of runs. You're going to see it constantly. Uh, we talk about this all the time. These teams are getting absolutely decimated in a game, and they make a run in that fourth quarter, and they at least shave some points off of there. I think if you're really good at this, you understand the in-game values of betting some of these situations where a team is down a big number. Did you really think the Knicks were going to get blown out at home? They were only laying two. They're down 13 at home. All it takes is a quick 6-0 run, and you're back in the game. Yeah, and the crowd, as we talked about, the crowd there, a big impact when they get the momentum going there, right? And even in the book here, um, it was a lot of Knicks cheering. I think a lot of people had the Knicks last night to come back and tie that series. Let's look at tonight's games, Amal. Yeah. Uh, Milwaukee travels to South Beach with the 2-0 lead after they boat race the Heat in game number two. You don't think this is going to be a sweep. 
Small road favorite here, one and a half for the Bucks. total 225. Is this the spot to play the Heat tonight? Well, I would lean towards them. I'm not going to touch this game because I'm not as big of a believer in this Miami team as last year. I thought there were a couple of built-in advantages last year. You're playing in the summertime, humidity. If you've lived in Central or South Florida, you understand what I'm talking about. And then you had that same situation. Now, this time of the year, it's still going to be warm Milwaukee, but you're not stuck down there. I thought that was an advantage for the Heat. I think Miami's a solid team, but they have not been healthy the entire year. Uh, I think they'll have a good effort. I'll tell you one guy to keep an eye out for tonight. I think he has a big game. Is Jimmy Butler. He's struggling game number two. Didn't play particularly well. I think he's a guy. Uh, he's a guy I would always want on my team. He's got that competitive fire that I love about certain players. And I think he'll have this team ready to focus in. But can they slow down Giannis Middleton and Holiday? How often do you bet on player props? For instance, Butler over under a certain number of points tonight. You know, Jimmy's not the kind of guy I would take from a points perspective because it's more about his ability. He could be a guy that could shut down, shut you down defensively. He might be a, uh, passing the basketball. He can do a variety of different things. He can beat you just in his involvement throughout the entirety of the game. But it might be something that you look towards. Now, there's some other players you, who you know are natural scores or you know just primary scores like that. Then I would look at some of those types of props. Lakers even the series with the Suns in Phoenix on Tuesday night. They travel to Staples, back to Staples now for Game Three of the series, where we haven't seen a home team win in the playoffs yet. Lakers here, a a six-and-a-half-point favorite. I was looking at minus 275 on the money line, especially with Chris Paul not 100% of them all. Yeah, I think the Lakers win this game on the money line. I think this is a good bet on LAL here, uh, minus 275. I don't want to lay six-and-a-half, no Mm -hmm. reason to. I think this is a good one. Lakers should win this basketball game. I think, you know, to me, mentally, I thought game two was so important for Phoenix to really show that they can get past this Lakers team. You know, game one game you, you can win, but now that the chips are all in, You've got to really show up, and I think it's Laker time. The uh, over, 11-1 and one against the spread in the last 12 Phoenix road games. We see a low total here, 212. Any interest in the total at all? Uh, no. Like I said, I'm not getting involved in these NBA totals right now in this postseason. I want to get a little bit more familiarity with in terms of how it's going to play out and go from there. Um, just, just don't want to get involved in those right now. Your favorite series in the West has been the 3-6 matchup yeah. between Portland and Denver. They head back to Portland even at 1-1. We see the Blazers now favored for the first time in the series at three and a half, a total of two twenty-seven and a half a mile. You know, Mike, when I looked at this line, I was a little bit surprised it was Portland four initially on the mm-hmm. opener. Now it's come down to three and a half. I was hoping it would be Blazers two, two and a half, and I would have taken Portland. I don't like the three and a half here. To me, if there's any series you feel like it's a one possession series, it's going to be uh, this uh, series. Uh, but they do have the, Mar- the Mariano Rivera of the NBA, Damian Lillard, best closer for my money. There's no better player, Dame time, as we all know. He's unbelievable. And I think the fact that you're going to have people in the crowd makes a difference in Portland. That, that is a rabid fan base in terms of how they support the Blazers. I expect them to win this game. But again, Mike, this is another one. I'm hoping the Blazers fall behind in the first quarter. You know, they're down 26-17. I'm looking to get the Blazers at about a pick'em price, maybe getting a point, point and a half. I think they're going to win the basketball game. But I would love it if they're trailing by three or four points at the break. 227 and a half. The series has played to the over so far in interest in this total. Uh, no, but I would lean towards the over here, but nothing with uh, overwhelming confidence. All right, when we come back, Amal and I are going to take a look at the two games on the ice tonight. The Toronto Maple Leafs have a chance to close out the Canadians in what has been the lowest scoring series of the first round. And can the National Predators hold serve again at home and force a Game 7 in Raleigh against the Carolina Hurricanes? Both those games in the overall Stanley Cup playoffs next. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. 
Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into the Nuts. I'm Mike Palm. He's a mall shot. Two games on the ice tonight. A mall, the first game in the North Division, where Montreal travels back to Toronto. Toronto leading 3 1 in the series here. We've seen good goaltending on both sides. No surprise out of Carey Price. Um, but Jack Campbell's been very steady. This is his first NHL Stanley Cup action. And outside of the 2 1 loss in game one, they've been in control uh, in the next three games. You see the heavy price reflected of that 240. Get back $2 on Montreal. I think if you play Toronto here, you've got to look at the puck line in an elimination game especially. Get back plus 105 if they can win by two goals or more. I would agree with you. We saw the New York Islanders yesterday get that 5-3 win. I'm surprised they didn't get an empty netter. I, I would have thought they would have for sure. But they, I mean, they fumbled around with it for three minutes there. I mean, <laughs> but still, at the end of the day, I, I just you just assume a team will be able to get one. I, I like this game under, Mike. I don't see Montreal being able to score. They just don't have the horses up front to be able to get it done against Campbell and what they've been able to do so far. This, to me, feels like another Toronto 3-1, 4-1 type of victory. Yeah, I played the first period under when we get to the playbook here just because that's been the play in this series. Um, Montreal really has had few chances, uh, and Jack Campbell's handled them well. Price, obviously, solid in net, but just not enough puck support, not enough scoring support for them to... Um, have taken advantage of it. We saw when Tavares went down in game one, they were able to eke out the 2-1 victory. I think you have to look at when you're playing game totals or you're betting third period totals in game. You have to understand if it's an elimination game because 
they will keep the goalie out down three goals in an elimination game because they have nothing to lose. Whereas most coaches, although Montreal did it in a non-elimination yeah, okay, game. okay, thank you. Most coaches, and Pete DeBoer is one that does this, most coaches will not do that during the body of the series. If they're down three goals and there's two minutes to go, they're not going to continuously pull the goalie. Well, I thought they were going to put, Carey Price went back in net after like an icing call or, or something on down, it went, the faceoff went to the uh, Montreal side. Mm-hmm. Hey, pull them right out down yeah. three. I'm like, come on, guys, let's be real here. You saw it. I had under five. I bet at with about five minutes to go in the first period when there was a penalty, I bet under five and a half in the Tampa Bay Florida game last night, and I laid 130 for, for a, a good size bet to win 4,000. The game got 2 nothing to the third, right? And it was 2 nothing with five minutes left. You could have got the end game over 3.5 at plus 250, and I wish I would have taken it because if it goes 2-1, you know you're going to get the empty net and a great shot. It went 3 nothing, and Quinville kept the goalie pulled for four minutes. They scored one empty netter, and then it made it uh, 4 nothing final. I, I actually disagree with you. Mm-hmm. If it was at 2-1, to one, I think you're in a worse spot. Because remember, you're not going for the goal there because you're afraid of the icing to get the faceoff down in your end. 3 nothing is better. Mike, we know this now. It's been happening for years, the last half a dozen years in the NHL. Down 3-0, teams are pulling their goaltender. You've got great opportunities, five, mm-hmm. six minutes. You're going to get an empty netter. It's just going to happen. And so, you know, the Islanders were in aberration last night, but we see it with so many teams, five, six minutes, these players are too good. You know, it's just a matter of if they can actually get square up a shot from their own blue line, they're going to blast one in. If, if you're Sullivan last night, do you pull Yari after goals, two goals in 13 seconds? The uh, second one was really weak. Yeah, that one was that went right uh, through the five hole. Yeah. That was the one. Well, they did. I mean, to me, I thought that was the right move right there. Yeah. I mean, you had to do it. And unfortunately for the Pens, a little bit too late. Yeah. All right, let's take a look at the other game. This has really been when a series that I thought would be a sweep, and I bet I bet Carolina in four and Carolina in five has been a really competitive series with Nashville winning the games three and four at home, both in overtime. We see you have a chance to get Carolina minus 140 tonight to close out the series. Total of five and a half again here. I'm all I'm not sure where to go in this game. I'm a little bit gun shy because they couldn't seal the deal either time in games three or four. And you should be. I'll tell you, for me, this is a game. If Let's say if Carolina was the dog, it would be playing Carolina. Mm-hmm. You have to take Nashville here, plus price in Smashville at home. They're a much better team. UC Soros has played particularly well. Mike, the last three games have gone to overtime. Once you get into overtime, I think everyone would concede that there's no real advantage. It's going to come down to who makes the, makes the play or if a team makes a mistake like we saw with the Pens in game five. Uh, we've seen in this series Nashville making plays in overtime. I think we're going to Game 7 in this one on Saturday. I cannot wait. As good as the night series has been, this one to me has probably been even better. And it's going to probably come down to that. I give uh, UC Saros and the Preds a little bit of an edge here today at home. We saw the Minnesota Wild um, break the scoreless tie early in the third period last night. Did you agree with the interference call on the goal by the Knights? Um, that's a tough one. I did it, not think it was interference. Now I, I'm, I don't have a horse in there saying that I need you know I want the Knights to win. I'm just telling you honestly, I didn't think it was interference. I can tell you something. I'm much better at if I would bet the upheld or overturned on NFL replays than I am on hockey. They're, 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 it's so subjective what they consider interference here, or if it impeded them or not, or, or you know, or you know, I saw an, a goal disallowed, and when when the defensive player pushed the offensive player into the goalie, I mean, that how is that the fault of the defender? I'm with you. You just don't have the clarity on it. That's one of the problems in the National Hockey League, not just on replay review, but on some of the penalty calls. You know, there'll be a time a guy literally looks like he's been snipered, no foul, and no no penalty call, and then all of a sudden there's a little bit of a minor cross-check, and, uh, you know, we've got a game misconduct here. Amal the Hammer, the Anvil, Nice Shaw came back with the 2-0 last night after his Clippers loss. We'll see what's in the Amal in segment as well as the Palm Readers playbook up next on The Nuts. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows, including Follow the Money, The Numbers Game, My Guys in the Desert, and Lombardi Line with VSIN Best Bets. Download Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers with JVT, Long Shots with Brady Cannon, Gone Racing, and the Ron Flatter Racing Pod. They are all free, F-R-E-E, and available now at vcin.com slash podcasts 
or wherever you get your podcast. Amal, it was a tough, tough Tuesday for you. Some big Major League Baseball chalk loss, but your big money line play on the Clippers also went down. You rebounded valiantly yesterday. Highlanders and Knicks both win. The public is dying to know where is Amal Shaw taking us tonight. We're going to take the night off, Mikey. Oh, boy. <laughs> what? Listen, I, I, I think the hockey games, I thought the price was a little bit high. I'm not a big fan in hockey of laying these types of big numbers, even though I expect Toronto to win this game. I didn't play this one. You know, generally speaking, when a play that I give out, I want it to be one, A, I've already made the play on, but B, more importantly, it's a play that I feel very strongly about and that I'm going to bet fairly heavily. You know, it's something I'll take smaller on in terms of this game between uh, – by the way, t- uh, tell what about the record? Yeah, hey Jacob, can you update the record properly? Unbelievable, the shoddy work he's doing here. You're up to fifty-six, fifty-one, and yeah, one. absolutely. Yeah, the reason why I had to correct that point is because in the text message you said um, getting closer to five hundred. No, I said in some contest we had that you would hover above five, I, slightly above five hundred, slightly above. Trust me. Wait till wait till we get to college football, my man. I thought college basketball. I thought we were waiting for... I crushed it in college basketball. Yeah, I thought we were waiting for college basketball to come back. No, Horizon you, you League. Said it to me. Horizon you said, League. You said it to me. You go, you're in trouble now. College basketball's over. It's true. Yeah, exactly. You, you were on fire in college basketball, yeah. especially those Friday plays. Take them to the bank. D- Detroit. Can we get Detroit one more oh, time? Oh, my God. Mer- Detroit Mercy against Robert Morris, <laughs> yeah. part three. <laughs> All right. The Palm Raiders have a couple of plays here. Uh, the game that was already under play. You could have got this on the... Uh, VSIN's members only best bet email. This was a play, and I'll tell you, it's probably going to lose. The Indians squandered a couple opportunities. I played at a plus price over three and a half, first five here. It was Boyd, who's pitched better this year, but regressed a little bit against Bieber. I thought Shane Bieber, you know, on Saturday in Cleveland, Amal, we had a matchup of the guys that took all the first and second place votes in the AL Cy Young last year. It was Kenta Maeda who got all the second place votes, and Shane Bieber, who was the unanimous Cy Young. I thought both of them kind of labored there. Might have given up some long balls, and Bieber just wasn't hitting his spots. He's come back. He's been better today. I know these teams were anemic. Yesterday I had to play first five under five here in this game. There were no runs scored yeah. with Urena and McKenzie, who are kind of like the same pitcher. Uh, but they, they, they both went through it. Today I tried to go over. It didn't work out. Cleveland had a big shot in the top of the fifth. They didn't score. So that was a previous play. I'm going to go. Sonny Gray hasn't won a game this year. I'm going to go and take a plus price with him against Strasburg uh, in the regular game. Now, they're completing the game that got rained last night that was 3 yeah. nothing, Washington, and then they will come back and play the second game, which is the regularly scheduled game. I just saw it's a good price on Sonny Gray. He hasn't pitched poorly. Um, and Strasburg, remember, was injured. He's coming back. He hasn't been quite as sharp. Uh, unusually high number of walks so far for Strasburg since coming off the DL. So I'm going to take a shot with Sonny Gray in this spot for the first five only plus 120. I have a question for you on these games. Is there any alteration to the number of innings? Is this, are these both going to be complete nine-inning games? Yeah. Um, I I believe that it's uh, seven in the, in the second. I'm not sure. I'll okay. check it. I'll check yeah. it. I'll check the listing. But I went first five here anyhow, and we'll clarify that before we go to break. And then, as I said, the lowest scoring series of the first round in Major League or Major League in Stanley Cup playoffs has been Canadians Maple Leafs, which is surprising because the North was the highest scoring division this year. I'm going to go under one and a half again in the first period of this game. You have to lay twenty cents. Carey Price uh, against Jack Campbell, who, who you know won eleven starts in a row uh, for Toronto this year and has been very solid in the playoffs so far. Yeah, this is a game where I tend to agree with you. I think it's going to take Toronto getting two goals to beach in this first period. Uh, but we'll see. It's an elimination game. You could get a tremendous effort out of the Montreal Canadiens in this one. So uh, I'm going to stay away from this uh, game. I do, yeah. I'll do. i probably take a small play in the entirety of the game with Toronto winning. Yeah, it's going to be a seven-inning game, the it second okay. game for sure. And I played the first five here uh, with Gray and, and Strasburg as well. Uh, I want to talk about Saturday. And we get a chance today to talk about Saturday and the Champions. The oh. Champions final. I know you're excited for it. There's going to be a ton of props Props up. Man City, who's been just really the best team in the world uh, in this calendar. No question. Right? I mean, really from early December through now, uh, they've been the best side in the world. They had that, what, 27-match unbeaten streak through all competitions, EPL, and what they were playing, uh, the English uh, tournaments, as well as during uh, Champions League. They're going to face Chelsea again. Chelsea has had the turnaround since Teichel uh, took over, where they've become very defensive-minded. Um, have conceded, I think, what do they have? 13 out of 17 clean sheets going into the last two games. We see on the three-way Man City a slight favorite at minus 110. And as I said to you, I'd make the total two, but you can't make the total two on Man City games. It's going to be two and a half, and you have to lay 
Now up to 160 on the juice here in this game. Uh, 162. You could have gotten it when it first opened around 145, 150. Yeah, this is going to be fantastic. I'm looking forward to this matchup, Mike. I'm not going to play this total, but I like Manchester City. This is the best club in the world right now. Pep Guardiola's been here, done this many, many times. His experience, him, what he's been able to do, we've seen it over and over. I think this is going to lend itself to uh, Manchester City. The talent that they have, De Bruyne, Sterling, mm. th- this is, I mean, just... Just a far more complete team. Walker on the back line. I just love this team. I think they've got a great chance here. And remember, for Chelsea, this is similar to 2012. Remember, they make the managerial change. Di Matteo comes in there. They go on and they beat Bayern in Munich. Uh, DDA Drogba with the goal in the 88th minute, the header. Then in extra time, you get a stop by Petr Cech on the uh, Iron Robin PK. And then in, during the penalty kicks, we see DDA Drogba once again, the hero for Chelsea. I don't think it's going to repeat itself. I think Manchester City is the more complete team. I don't think we get to that situation this time around. Let me ask you this. This, of course, these three ways is a 90-minute bet. Mm-hmm. You had lay 110, 115 on Man City. Or are you interested in laying 280 with the draw no bet in case they go to extra time, your bet's a push? No, because if you, if you get to the extra time, I think if you're Chelsea, if you defend that well, then you sit there and say, hey, let's go to the penalty kicks and let's try and win it there. I, I think then it becomes a coin toss. Remember, we saw a similar situation in Europa yesterday where it looked like, to me, Villarreal, once the game got level, was, as you like to say, parking the bus. Uh, I thought that's what they were doing a little bit more of. I thought Cavani and company had a couple of opportunities. You mentioned Marcus Rashford not being right. I think if you are Chelsea, you're going to rely on your defense. That's what you've done all year long. Well, you know, they parked the bus from the start of the game. I thought it was excellent strategy. They only had one shot on goal, and I didn't think it was a very great goal that De Gea gave up. But give credit to that manager who was with Arsenal. Arsenal let him go early. He won three Europas with Sevilla. Now this is his fourth title, first ever for the Yellow Submarine. When we come back, we'll have former Major League pay, uh, Baseball pitcher Josh Towers in studio. I'm dying to ask Josh about the incident at Cellular One yesterday where Joe West confiscated... Gallegos' cap coming in from the bullpen because it had sunscreen on it. Is that cheating, or what's the real cheating among pitchers in baseball? That's next on The Nuts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't wait days for your winnings. Cash out instantly with BetRivers' new feature, Rush Pay. Get your cash when you want it at BetRivers Sportsbook, the industry leader with exclusive bets, daily specials, odds boost, and the most in-play betting options out there. As always, get $250 match bonus, fastest payouts, and only one-time playthrough at BetRivers, your hometown sportsbook. Offer valid in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9 with it. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Virginia, 1-888-532-3500. Not valid in Iowa. Welcome back into the Nuts. I'm Mike Palm. On my left, Amal the Assassin Shaw. And on my right, Josh the Kid Towers, former Major League Baseball player. Josh, I want to go to an incident that happened yesterday at Cellular One in Chicago. Cardinals are playing the White Sox. Former manager Tony Larusa, Mike Schill goes to the bullpen. He brings in Gio Gallegos yes. to pitch the to pitch the bottom of the seventh. Second base umpire Dan Bellino notices a substance on the bill of Bellino's cap. He goes over and whispers in your buddy Joe Westier, "Just broke the record, beat Bill Clem's record, most games umpired in a lifetime. Nobody will ever do that because he started at 23. You can't break that record. That'll stand forever." West goes over, confiscates Gallegos's cap to send to the league office. Mike Schilt, manager of the Cardinals, loses his mind, gets ejected, and then had a very interesting post-game press conference. Let's listen to some of the sound. You want to police some sunscreen and rosin? Go ahead. Get every single person in this league. Hit by pitches will just continue to go up. Balls will get away. But why don't you start with the guys that are cheating with some stuff that are really imp- impacting the game and impacting how people play this game. And that's the, that's the integrity of the game I'll speak up for. Popular, I really don't care. It's accurate. <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't hear that till today. And I avoided this on purpose because I have so many opinions on all this. Um, where do I start? The bottom line is I just want to grip the ball. I just want to be able to throw the ball. I do not. Some people maybe I'm not trying to use anything because I'm trying to cheat. I just want to be able to throw the ball. And they don't rub them up very well. And especially these relievers like Gallegos. I'm getting white balls when I come in the game. I'm through 12 dozen baseballs at this point because if it even looks like it, it's a ground, it's out. So these guys, are they're getting white baseballs. They, they, the rosin behind our mouth doesn't do anything by itself. That's what they don't understand. So um, I, if I'm on the dugout as a starting pitcher, I like kind of grab a bat. I'm just kind of holding it constantly with the pine tar before I go out to the field. That's gone before the first pitch of the inning. It's gone through warm-up. So it's not even – that doesn't help. Um, there's a lot of people who do something like that. He's not the only dude around baseball who has pine tar on his hat or whatever he had on his hat. I see it every day in baseball. Every one of these relievers, not everyone, but a lot of them have it. I never see him get called out for. His was minute. So this, to me, is like a Joe West thing. I, I honestly think it is a Joe West thing because if we're really going to please every pitcher that has something, there's gonna, we're going to see this daily because there's a lot of guys. With all that said, I've always been like – 
if the if the hitters didn't put anything on the bats, the bats would fly out of their hands. And it's very similar to us. Like I'm not allowed to lick my hand. I'm not allowed to do a lot of stuff. I just want to grip the baseball again. I just want to be able to throw it where I'm trying to throw it. That's it. Um, I wish <laughs> I wish he didn't start the interview like that because he did kind of tip off some of our tricks. Because if it was just pine tar, it's no big deal. But then he mentioned sunscreen and the combination. I can make a couple combos of some things that really help. I can do some things in my pants that are white that you'll never notice. Uh, and then am I comfortable always going to the same spot? And so that's why, like a lot of us, we do the same exact thing, take the hat off the same way, put it back on the same way, because I will have stuff that, like, it's not that blatant. But so many guys are using it so often and no one's getting called out that it's just becoming more common. So uh, Gallego said it was sunscreen. And, and he started the press conference saying, we play day games. He wears the same hat all year. You don't think any sunscreen ever rubs off on his hat? And, and we don't change hats. That's right? a fact. Yeah. yeah. He said, so why now? This was not the form to bring this out. Joe West should not have confiscated the hat. And he said, the guys who are really cheating are putting substances on their hands that they won't go to their mouths. He said, the cheaters never go to their mouth. Look at Gallegos. He goes to his mouth. He's not cheating. I, I actually never heard that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a valid point. I mean, I, and that's the other thing. It's, it's so quick. So if I lick my hands, it's gone instantly. So if I actually blow in my hands, it heats it up. It creates more moisture. It's actually better for us, but we're not really allowed to, in essence, do anything. So some days they give us the yes, some days they give us the no. So the, the lick of the hands, that's a good point, because if I am going to go to something on my pants, I'm probably not going to go to my, my hands or my mouth. So I like that. But I, what I don't like is, well, uh, we got called out, so I'm going to call everybody else out. But, nah, take it to your, just change hats. It is okay. It, it is what it is. I don't think uh, I don't think the manager of the Cardinals should be calling out the rest of the league. Meanwhile, he recorded five outs and thirteen pitches. <laughs> See, that's the first thing. Though. As soon as he, like, as soon as I thought it happened, I was like, "Oh, you're just gonna piss him off. You're just gonna piss him off." Like, give me any hat in the world. Give me your hat. I don't care. I was hoping that the manager and him switch hats right down the field. That's what I actually was hoping. Uh, or or Yachty takes off his helmet and goes, "Here's mine." That's I wanted something like that. I knew that that was just gonna piss him off. All right, get in the box. I'll go hatless. Josh, I want to get into a couple of matchups today. Steven Strasburg in the Nationals taking on the Cincinnati Reds. Sonny Gray going against Strasburg here. Strasburg's had a little bit of an issue with some walks so far this year. This is a guy that generally is a strikeout pitcher, not as much of a concern from a base on balls perspective. Is it sometimes just mechanical, or is it just the fact that he's been dealing with injuries and been in and out of the rotation? I'm going to get myself in trouble. Um, definitely injuries. I think he's soft. That's just the reality. I just don't think Strasburg's tough enough to handle all this. He's always hurt during the World Series before they got to the World Series and won it, and he knew they were cheating. He was rattled like nobody's business uh, with the Astros. I just don't think he's mentally strong enough to handle most of this. And then I don't know if the contract has made him comfortable, but personally, um, I think he needs to toughen up. That's the bottom line with Strasburg. And Sonny Gray, I'm never backing him. <laughs> well, maybe they can terrible. find a smaller market than Cincinnati for him to go to. Sonny yeah, Gray? Is there a Oakland? Yeah, exactly. He fits well in Oakland. <laughs> but, you know, I, I love the point you made about Strasburg because, you know, Ryan Clark uh, has made this point many times over about Antonio Bryant. He goes, there are certain guys yeah. you're going to give the money to and they're going to change. And, you know, I think what Strasburg's originally from San Diego, maybe he's just a guy... You know what I hate in sports is because somebody's a great athlete, we expect them to conform in terms of their personality to being certain things. Just because you're a great player, the best player on a team, doesn't make you a natural leader. No. And I think that's where the problem comes in. We don't get the, the truth of people out here. We just get the, you know whatever we put on the television. Uh, these GMs should know, though. Yeah. They get to see me on a regular basis. They get to talk to me. They get to see me come through their stadiums or be on the team. They get to know when. Uh, and, and the thing with Strasburg is like how many guys in the big leagues had his stuff and his capability, so it was worth handing him. I thought it was a lot of money at the time, but $180 million, it's worth handing him a big contract. Um, but it's like, all right, well, if I don't give him this, then who else is out there over the next two years? And you have to play all those mind games as well. Uh, and then you never, you honestly never know how someone's going to react after a contract. That's why they used to only give, like, four-year deals, because I, I needed to fill somebody out. I mean, what's the, Pedro, uh, Sandoval, they gave him that $90 Pablo, million boss, yeah. so he shut that down real quick. He called it a day of life. <laughs> so you don't know. Some people take it personal, and they, they the Max Scherzer of the world, and it means more to them, and they want to prove, and then there's some guys that don't care. So I, I don't know where he falls into play. I just don't think that, ow, uh, I'm, I'm good today. What happened? I don't know. I just felt something, so I'm good. Come on, dude. Josh, do we create this or teams create this by coddling certain yes. athletes, shutting them? I mean, I look at Joel Embiid the, and the whole – you know, the plan they had with him and all this and never letting him play any minutes, and now he's always hurt. Strasburg could only pitch certain amount of pitches in an inning. And Remember, he wasn't going to pitch in the postseason, oh. Boris, so they're going to shut him down. Yeah. I said right then and there, I'm driving that guy so, first thing to Dulles or BWI and get him the hell out of here. Again, they went on inning count yeah. and not pitch count, which, okay, there's a fine line, 
But go ahead and run Strasburg out there for five innings like Boyd did today. Five innings on 120 pitches. Yeah. That's one of the worst things you can ever do. 110, let's say. One of the worst. He was always going 100 pitches in five innings. So you're really pitching nine innings worth of baseball in five innings. So you're putting more stress on your arm. But we're going to cut you at five to preserve your inning count. But we don't care about your pitch count as a young kid. They went the reverse order on that. So I don't know. Like, again, we got a kid getting drafted out of, out of here, local kid, high school kid. Yeah. And he was hitting 98 there day in high school. And I had a scout call me and ask what supplement he's on. And I said, he's not on a supplement. Y'all saw him in the winter on my baseball team where he played once a week. We didn't have practices, so we just went out and played catch. Now he's playing a full season. He's out there six days a week. It's 100 degrees out, and he's playing consistently. Everything's increasing. We're at the beginning stages. Now he's in what we call midseason form. So there's a lot that factors into a lot of this stuff with all of these guys that we have to be aware of. Um, but, man, it's it, again, that's why I got to watch when they get streaky from our betting perspective. Josh, it seems like there's a problem in baseball, and with the analytics, you guys can't hit. I mean, I was looking through. I sent Wade Krinsky a text the other day. I said, Wayne, is there anybody in this lineup that can hit their weight? It was no. the Mets and the no. Marlins. It was unbelievable. But to your point, I don't think baseball is taking the input enough of former players like yourself, other guys around the game. You know, you have all these analytics guys, and yes. great, you went to Harvard, you went to Yale. First of all, let me know if you got in as a legacy or not. <laughs> and second, can you actually ask former players, you know, because they have the insight. You know, one of the my favorite things you ever said on VEASAN was about four years ago when the Dodgers were in the postseason, you came on and said, well, it's different-sized baseballs. Like, you know, Rick Jaffe and oh, I were yeah. talking about that. We we're like, you wouldn't know these things unless you're a former player or a former pitcher. And to me, that insight, I wish they would take that into consideration. And you get these guys, Mike, they're getting run out there. Oh, oh, I, I think he threw 15 pitches and 12 in warm-up. Oh, we got to pull him. Yeah, again, there's a there's a – a ladder to the progression to inning counts and getting all the way up to your pitch counts and stuff as well. I think that we do baby these guys too much. We, and my point to the story was you have to play consistently, yeah. and the more I play, the better I'm going to get, the stronger I'm going to get. But, again, i got to know how to rebuild my body within that five, six-day routine of, of starting rotation. We baby them so much, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, that I never actually get strong or comfortable, and so I break down easier. I believe that for, for sure, having watched the things that I've seen over the last couple of years. I want to get to one matchup. we got about a minute left. Let's go. Shohei Otani and Bassett tonight. Bassett's a $1.50 favorite. He's been good. 65 strikeouts, 61 innings, really anchoring that A's pitching staff. Otani down a couple miles an hour on the, uh, on the radar gun in his last few starts. I, 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 I never really bet on Otani. I never know how far he's going to go in games, and I'm obviously deeply afraid of this Angels team and their bullpen. Um, mm. I think that he'll pitch well in Oakland. I think Oakland swings and misses a lot. And I think if he can keep the ball in the zone, he'll go a little deeper. So if he goes six or seven tonight, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, and we're only asking, best case scenario in my head, two winnings out of the Angels bullpen would be a great. So I actually don't mind Shohei today. I know I know. Would you take him first five? To take the bullpen out of the equation? Yeah, actually, I don't mind that either. Yeah. I think he'll do well versus, in Oakland especially. I, again, it's such a great pitcher's park, and, I, and he's been there before. With, I, I think that he'll do better there. Yeah, great, I don't mind that. Great stuff. Great to have a pitcher <laughs> on talking about this stuff from an inside perspective and also gives us an idea as gamblers as well. Thanks for tuning in today. Tomorrow we'll have Jonathan Von Tobel, our senior NBA analyst, on to preview the N, uh, NBA matchups this weekend. Stay tuned here on VEASAN. Betting Across America is next. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals, Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.